on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Cotton and LaShawn Daniels with me. We'll talk about what it's like to experience the horseshoe as Iowa prepares for their matchup against Ohio State. With the bye week, what changes, if any, can we anticipate? We'll talk about LaShawn and implementation of some different wrinkles, and we'll make our picks all presented by Bet Online. That's coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. He's LaShawn Daniels. I'm Trent Condon. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for being Locked On Hawkeyes, your first listen each and every day. Available wherever you get podcasts. You can also see us on YouTube. And while you're there, if you're on YouTube, we'd really appreciate if you hit that subscribe button. Hit it right now and help us out as we continue to grow our community here with the Locked On Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Well, an important week for you, certainly, LaShawn, as we look at things. Your dad played at Ohio State. You're an Ohio guy. The offer never came from the Buckeyes. And, you know, a guy going kind of through the similar circumstances here is Luke Lachey. His dad was an All-American at Ohio State. He went to camp hoping to get that offer. His dad is the radio broadcaster, the color commentator on the Buckeye Network. It has been for a better than a quarter century now, but that offer never came. I want to start right there with you. Now, for an Ohio guy, the importance of it, and ultimately when that offer didn't come, and with your family connections, how tough was that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely uh, not easy. Um, I obviously like moving away from that reality, like, yeah, I'm not actually going to be an Ohio State Buckeye because, I mean, as it is, I mean, uh, when you're in that family, if you got family that went to Ohio State or you're from Ohio, like it's literally like it's hard to explain it to people. But like it's really, really like it's Ohio State or or bus, honestly, like at that point, like that's what it like feels like. Right. I mean, it's Ohio State, everything like Saturdays are planned around, you know, Ohio State football games, all these different things. Um and like you obviously you see that growing up and you're like like man like i'd love to play there right you know obviously they got great tradition um it's always a fantastic football team um so it's like one of those things where it's like yeah you you definitely want to do it especially like when you come from a family like when uh you know you have uh family members that played there like or us for example right like my dad played there right so it was something that was like growing up uh it was something you you wanted to be a part of right because we were always around um, you always come back for games, um, spring games, right. Being around the complex and all these different things. Um, so, uh, it's definitely a mindset shift though. Like as you're getting recruited in high school and you're, you're obviously like, you're still pushing to, to get recruited from there and, and get the offer from there. But, you know, once you know, it comes to that time you make your decision and that offer doesn't come, it's like, okay, now I got to shift my mindset. Like, Hey, I'm going to this other school, so I'm going to Iowa, right? And you know, when we do get the opportunity to play the Buckeyes, right? You want to make them make them feel you. You want to make them feel like, man, like we should have been able to keep like this homegrown talent. So, mm-hmm. and Lachey will be going through that this week. You went through it. Now, your brother was a little bit different because he had an Ohio State offer, right? Yeah, yeah, he had one. He had one, and they 
They recruited him very, very hard <laughs> all the way to the end. <laughs> very, very tough to all the way to the end. Um, basically all the way through signing day. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, he stuck with it, he stuck with with Iowa. And, you know, for him, right, it, it like it obviously it didn't like it didn't matter to him. Like he yeah. like I mean he loved Ohio State like growing up, but um, you know, he was just like, Man, I'd much rather play football at Iowa with my brother. So your brother's just a your brother's a different cat. We got to get him out of here sometime. I, I would love to talk to him. I mean, he just it puts a smile on my face just seeing him. You know, watching watching that, and you know, I think back of what bowl game was that when he was up there sitting in the crowd. He just got smiling ear to ear. It seems like James is a little bit different than you are. I'm wired a little bit differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's definitely a different dude. Uh, I'll ask him uh, one of these days. I think they have a yeah. bye week in a couple, maybe like a week or two. Um, and I'll ask him to see if he wants to come on. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's definitely a different, different guy. Definitely a lot more outgoing than I am. And, uh, you know, he, he loves, he loves getting attention, uh, sometimes pretty much any way he can. Um, but yeah, he's definitely a fiery guy has a bunch of energy. Um, and yeah, definitely does put a smile on a bunch of people's faces whenever he's around him. Right. Cause he's just kind of that like goofy kind of, kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we talked about this a little bit last week with you, LaShawn, and going back to that 2013 game. Look, I've been to a bunch of the Big Ten stadiums, everything except for the new ones, Rutgers and Maryland. I've been to an Alabama-Tennessee game down at Bryan Denny. Uh, That was when the big uh, Mount Cody blocked two field goals as they held on (laughs) on their their way to their first national championship under Saban. I've been to environments all across the country. I've been to great ones. There's something about the horseshoe, though. It's different the way that the sound Really's capped in there. You know, Michigan Stadium, people I think are surprised by this. It's not that loud. Certainly in comparison, when you're thinking 110,000 people, it's not that loud of a stadium, at least the times that I've been to Michigan Stadium. Now, it also has helped that Iowa kicked the crap out of them both times I've been there. So that also helps a little bit too. But, you know, I've been to Ohio State. I was there in 2005. Iowa had drilled them in 2004. Ohio State, it was hair on fire. They came out from the get-go. Drew Tate could get anything going. He ended up spiking the football after getting sacked at one point. It was an ugly game. And they talked a lot about the year previous and using that as motivation. I was there in the de facto championship game in 2009, came down to the wire, went to overtime. So I've been there for big environments. But for you, for guys on the field, yes, being on the road is difficult in its own right. What makes, outside of the talent on the field for Ohio State, what else makes the horseshoe so difficult? Yeah, uh, it is very, very, very loud. Um, especially like if you're on the opposite end of the open horseshoe part, because obviously it's not quite as loud down there because obviously like it's a little bit open, um, a little bit more space. But if you're on the opposite side, it is very, very loud. It makes just communicating with each other, like even in the huddle, very, very difficult. And they stay that way the entire game, right? Like these guys, obviously they, they love (laughs) their Ohio state football there. Um, I mean, because everyone in Ohio is essentially a Buckeye, right? So um, they pack that stadium every single week, no matter, it doesn't even matter, it doesn't matter who they're playing, right? They'll be playing at FCS school, they'll pack it at least for the first half, right? And then for Big Ten games, um, it, they keep it loud the entire time. They don't make it easy on you at any point in time in their game, right? So you have to make sure that your communication is really on point and you've got good signals and everyone's getting the signals and you're not getting rattled. No, not only by, you know, their talented players on the field. Right. Cause I mean, uh, you know, they're going to have, they have one of the most talented football teams in college football every single year. Um, 
So you're already going to be trying to deal with that. And then now you're trying to make sure you're keeping, you know, communication on point, make sure everyone's on the right page, because now if you get out there and people are on different pages, different things, right, it's only going to make that that talent gap um, during a play like that much more difficult. Right. So um, that that stadium with that noise is very, very difficult to, to be in. Um, but um, all that said, right, like if you're able to communicate and, um, you know, keep everyone on the same page, you know, it does make it easier for you to have success on the football field. And if you can create some big plays, right, that definitely helps a bunch, right? But then again, Ohio State very, very rarely loses at home, right? I mean, mm-hmm. to whenever they do lose at home, part of it is because, you know, teams were able to create explosive plays, um on their side of the ball, right, and uh, quiet the crowd down a little bit. Like you think back to that Oregon game um, the other year, last year, right, where Oregon was able to create some ex- big explosive plays, right, and you know, kind of took the crowd out of it a little bit. And then I see Ohio State made some mistakes offensively, and then um, allowed them to get that victory there. But it's very, very rare, um, and it makes it not 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 easy to play, especially in Big Ten play, because it seems like whenever Ohio State gets in Big Ten play and they're at home, like they're totally different. Uh, football team well i was coming off a bye week unfortunately at least a little bit of a help so is ohio state going into this one we'll talk about what wrinkles we could possibly see from this one we go back to the last time they played in the horseshoe the hawkeyes did Lashawn was on that team they came out with a lot of three tight end sense did something a little bit different we'll talk about that what can we expect from the hawkeyes that's as we continue this is locked on hawk podcast This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spike college football season. We're talking a fantasy way of looking at things with college football here. You're taking a look at a couple of the big matchups this weekend. Let's talk about this Iowa-Ohio State. What do you got? 175 yards passing for Spencer Petras. Unfortunately, I'm going to be on the under on that one. We got right now Jackson Smith of Jigba. Looks like he's going to be able to play. Looks like he's going to be healthy over under of 75 and a half yards receiving. I'd put the over on that one. That's what you do. CJ Stroud, lower than 300 and a half yards passing. It's a high number. Iowa has only given up 154 yards passing a game. So that's what you're doing here with Underdog Fantasy. Sign up right now. Promo code locked on, all one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or just find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. Get in on college football pick'em action here today. All right, LaShawn, as we continue things here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, let's go right now and jump into the matchup with the Buckeyes. This Ohio State team is incredibly talented, but Iowa coming in off the bye week. You know, what can we anticipate? What what kind of wrinkles are in there? You guys had some wrinkles of your own in 2013, that, that three tight end set. So I want to start right there. Going back and remembering that game, is that something that you guys, you know, had worked on? Was it a big part of the playbook and just nothing that you guys had used very often? Kind of take us through in that decision by Greg Davis. And we're going to try something a little bit different here against Ohio State. Yeah, so obviously, yeah, and being a big, big game plan thing and um, something like we had it, like installed it, um, you know, earlier that 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 year, but it just wasn't something um, that was ever really a big part of our game plan, right? We didn't use it at all. Um, and then going into Ohio State week, 
well, we know as the Ohio State always has crazy, crazy talent all over the field, right? Especially, um, you know, at on defense, they're usually their strongest positions are defensive end or edge rushers and their defensive backs, right? And knowing that, right, like you you want to create mismatches as much as possible, even when you're going against a super talented team like like the Buckeyes, right? So we know that typically, right, we have really, really good tight ends. And I mean, that year, again, we had some fantastic tight ends, right? Like we had CJ, we had Doozy, right? We had a, had a bunch of tight ends that were able to create plays in, uh, in the passing game, right? So you want to be able to get all those guys on the football field. So that's where we came out and were able to use the three tight end sets. And we had, you know, a bunch of success, you know, with that and just trying to take advantage of, where we may be able to create some mismatches, right? And we were able to do so um, in that football game. So uh, with the bye week, um, you know, as a staff, right, they're definitely looking at everything, see, looking um, offensively, like where can we create, you know, mismatches against this Ohio State football team. Um, And this Ohio State defense is really, really good. Right. I think they're like a top 10 defense this year. They are. Um, so, I mean, that's there's not going to be a very a bunch of mismatches, um, you know, on the football field uh, for our offense. So um, but all that said, they are going to try to find some wrinkles and try to, you know, at least we would hope. Right. Hone in on things that that they can do best and try to get the hand the football in the hands of their best playmakers, because that's what it's going to take to, to beat this Ohio state football team. Um, and, you know, we tried to do some of the same things um, back in, in 2013. And then obviously we saw it back in 2017, right. We were able to use the Titans very, very well in that game as well. Right. Obviously you had, you know, big plays from, from big Nate um, in that game, but yeah. Uh, tight ends is typically, you know, our strong suits and it's usually where we can create mismatches against, uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes, but um, this year with this defense, it's going to be a lot more difficult to do so. But they're definitely, obviously, they're going to have to cook something up because if they come out there and just, you know, a base offense, right, it's going to be a long, long uh, day for our <laughs> Hawks. So, yeah, this is a different Buckeye team, how explosive they are. I think they've scored touchdowns in 30 of their last 38 drives. I mean, just think of that. These, these are just asinine numbers, and the Hawkeye defense is good, no doubt, but. This is going to be something completely different. They haven't got a great pass rush to this point. The Hawkeyes at this point in the season, I think that we kind of hope for. That's something they're definitely going to have to do. They have to make Stroud uncomfortable. They can't let him just be, you know, rolling out, being standing tall in the pocket, setting his feet, doing those kind of things. It's a tall, tall task, but defense has got to come to play. And ultimately, if I was going to move the football, look, to expect them to go up and down field that's not realistic to think this is going to be like 2017 we just see that there's too many issues with this offense right now for that to be a possibility but can he get a couple of drives can he get a short field and actually punch it in get a touchdown that's your only chance of even staying on the field and not getting blown away here and ultimately you talk about playmakers i still maintain i was biggest playmate playmaker is caleb johnson this is the one hey an ohio kid like you trading wheels are off here you go you get your shot against the buckeyes here's 20 touches let's see what happens yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I would love to see him, you know, get the ball a bunch, whether it be, you know, in the run game or in the pass game, right? Obviously, he's done, he's been able to create, you know, some explosive plays and the few opportunities, uh, you know, that he's had this year and that um, the offense has had, right? So, 
to be to, to even stay competitive in a game like this, right? He's going to need to get the football bunch, right? As well as LaShawn, right? He's going to have to be able to contribute as well, right? And, um, you know, possibly create some some explosive plays. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's <laughs> it's it's not going to be an easy task. It's not going to be an easy task um, because, again, they, they, they've got speed all over the field, right? We know that their defensive backs are going to be that's going to be a very, very strong suit against them, against our receivers, right? So to expect the receivers to go out there and, you know, just have a crazy game would be, it would be silly to think that, but it would be awesome if it happened. But yeah, I mean, um, Caleb, Sean, um, our tight ends, right? They're going to have to be big in this football game um, for us to be able to keep it competitive. Um, and, you know, we hope that, hope that we can see some of that um, on Saturday because, yeah, with the ball in their hands, Right, they're they're explosive. They're explosive football players. All right, Lashawn. With that, we have a tall task in front of us. We got to make our picks for this week. I, it's a huge number. It has stayed just over four tons all throughout the week. It was thirty earlier in the week. There was a little bit of buyback that came back uh, after that, and then moved back down in that twenty nine range. So. That's where it is here today as we talk on a Friday afternoon. We're going to make our picks as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. All right, LaShawn, wrapping things up with our picks for the week. So we pick five games against the spread each and every week. Of course, the Iowa game, that is also a part of it. So let's uh, get rolling here and let's kick things off. Let's go first to the Big Ten. Penn State. After that loss against Michigan, where the Wolverines just absolutely clobbered them, they play host to Minnesota, who's reeling themselves after back-to-back losses. Number is four and a half. What do you got? Minnesota getting four and a half, and it's going to be a whiteout at State College. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, this is a tough game for Minnesota. I mean, to, to head into Penn State, right, Beaver Stadium, and um, during a whiteout, right, it's, it's not going to be easy. Right. I see Penn State kind of really got dominated um, for most of that that Michigan game uh, last week. And obviously going to be looking to bounce back. Um, We know that Minnesota has kind of fallen off over the past few weeks. Um, No, that hasn't looked anywhere near as strong as they did in the first couple of weeks. And, you know, with that line as as small as it is, I don't really see um, Minnesota being able to. Uh, keep it that close at the end. I think they'll keep it close early, but I think ultimately Penn State will end up um, pulling away in that one. This comes down to Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan, who has not been the same guy that he was early in his career, but if he's not able to go, I think he has a concussion issue. He's going through. Minnesota has no chance. I have read, though, that they hope to have him out there. The way that Penn State was just bullied by Michigan last week, and what does Minnesota do? They run the football incredibly well. Mo Ibrahim is back. He's run the football well, even in a losing effort the last couple of weeks here. I think this is going to be just a touch tighter. I'm going to grab the points here. Give me Minnesota plus the four and a half. All right, pick number two at our bet online picks. We go next to the Big 12. Kansas State goes to TCU. The Battle of the Purple. The Wildcats are getting three and a half. This is one of my favorite bets of the week. I bet on this right away. In fact, I got the number a little bit higher earlier in the week. I'm all about Kansas State. What is it, TCU? They're one of the most explosive teams in the country. What does Kansas State do? They stop explosive plays. Chris Kleiman, 
That team is fundamentally sound. I think this is the first time we see TCU really struggle offensively this year. I'm going to grab the points. Give me the Wildcats. Yeah, this is a tough one. This is a tough one because obviously, like both these teams are playing phenomenal football right now. Uh, TCU has been, let's see, fantastic offensively. And same thing with Kansas State, right? Like, uh, you know, I think they've been uh, a pleasant surprise um, in the Big 12 this year. but all that said, right, I feel like TCU is a very, very strong football team right now. And um, they haven't really shown any signs of slowing down. And again, with this line, I think as close as it is, granted, Kansas State has played, played you know, big in their games, you know, up to this point this year. Um, but same thing with TCU, right? TCU's been battle tested, right? And they've um, pulled it out every single time. And I feel like that's going to continue, especially being at home, um, giving TCU in the points. Going with TCU. All right, opposite sides. On our first two picks, we'll get a little separation this week. Let's go to the Pac-12. Game day is going to be there. Oregon favored by six and a half against UCLA. You get to lead this one off. Yeah, so uh, I wasn't a big believer in UCLA, honestly. Like, leading to the the year and even early throughout the season, like, I was like, uh, you know, UCLA, uh, you know, they're pulling up points. Right. But, you know, can they actually stop anyone um, up to this point? It hasn't really mattered. <laughs> like, it really hasn't hasn't yeah. mattered if they haven't been able to stop anyone. Right. Because their offense has been so, so dynamic. Um, and I feel like that is going to continue on on Saturday against Oregon. But that said, Oregon has played much, much better football after I see that their first game against Georgia. Right. I mean, any team, you know, coming off a long offseason playing a team like that for the first game is going to be a difficult, difficult task. Um, so all that said, I still feel like the game is going to be closer than that line suggests. So give me UCLA uh, to, to cover. Um, but as far as who comes out on top of the end, I have no idea. I think it's going to be a good game. I, I do too. I'm really excited for this one. I love the contrast, the styles, and, and Chip Kelly going back to where you know things really got started up for him. You got the different uniform combinations, of course, the, the just the standard beautiful UCLA jerseys going up against whatever wild concoction Oregon comes up with. I'm, I'm really excited for this one. I think it's going to be fun. Ultimately, for me, I just can't lay more no touchdown with Bo Nix. In a big game, I, I just I can't feel comfortable with it. So we're going to jump aboard together. We got a family play here, and uh, we'll both be on UCLA. Pick number four, the Battle of Orange this time. We had the Battle of Purple earlier. Syracuse goes on the road undefeated against undefeated Clemson. I was very hopeful that we see DJ Ugalele turn it around this year, and he certainly has. He has been outstanding. Still a little bit robotic running the football at times. He's just such a big behemoth of a man, though, <laughs> out there running around and, and making plays, but he has really developed on top of it as a passer. It's a guy and we saw two years ago when Trevor Lawrence was out against Notre Dame and what we saw during his freshman campaign. Syracuse is a nice story. Schrader, the, the uh, transfer quarterback from Mississippi State, he's improved as a passer. This is just a different animal here. I'm going to lay it. I know Syracuse, they knocked off a good Clemson team one other time, had him on the ropes another here under Dino Babers. I don't see that being the case here. I got Clemson big. I'll lay the two touchdowns. Yeah, so this is another another interesting game, right? I mean, uh, it's at 11 a.m., just like the Hawkeye game, so I'm going to have this one on another screen while I got the Hawks on because this is going to be a – this is a very, very interesting game because, right, we've seen – Syracuse, they've played some tight games, you know, throughout the year, and they've been pulling them out, right? Like, they've been doing 
um, whatever it takes to, to win these football games. And I see Syracuse has a fantastic running back um, who really kind of does it all, does it all for them. And, um, you know, he he's shown his ability throughout the entire football season. But Clemson, you see, offensively, they started off pretty slow, but really kind of over the past few weeks, right, they've really, really started to ramp it up um, and really kind of showing off their strength um, as they did, you know, last week uh, against Florida State, which Florida State can end up keeping it somewhat close. But there was at times where you watched it and you're like, yeah, Clemson, they've got talent all over the field. And, you know, when a quarterback is playing, playing well and he's he's on it. Right. That's a very, very tough football team to beat. But I feel like Syracuse, again, they've been battle tested throughout the year. and They've been keeping keeping games very, very close. So I'm actually going to take take the orange um, you know, right. with the points. I don't think I don't think that they will end up uh, winning this football game, but I feel like they will keep it keep it close. Um, but, uh, you know, Clemson will end up coming out with the victory. But, yeah, I think it will end up being a really, very good football game. And we wrap things up with Iowa getting the 29 and a half in Columbus at the shoe. Told you, been there a couple of times. LaShawn, you've been there a whole bunch of times throughout the year. You're not making your way to Columbus this weekend, are you? No. I got asked by Same. a few. I got asked by a few. Like you, you coming down? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm okay. If, right. If if Iowa was a little bit better, like offensively, mm-hmm. right? Like I would probably, I probably would have made the trip, right? I mean, seeing some friends and things like that. But I didn't want to. <laughs> I honestly Same. just didn't want to want to <laughs> head up there, even though it is, it is, it, is, it, is, it is always a good time um, when you're watching a football game in Columbus. But yeah, yeah I think the no, last I'm time I was there. It was when they had the fan cams where they had like the colored Bud Lights. I think uh-huh. I had about 30 red Bud Lights before the game, scarlet Bud Lights before the game. <laughs> and one of the bars there, you know, and, and tailgating around that area for people that are heading out listening to us here on Friday and making their way to Columbus. It's a different environment than what you get, certainly around Kinnick Stadium and, and pretty much every Big Ten stadium. It's just it's so much different there. People, I think, maybe just don't realize here from Iowa across the Midwest. That's a city. Now, we're talking yeah. usually college towns. Columbus is a real city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Columbus is a probably you know one of the nicest cities in Ohio. I mean, I much prefer to head down to Columbus than I do Cleveland. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a pretty decent sized city, and you know, plenty of things to do, and it's always a fun time. Um, you know, if you especially if you're down there for an Ohio State football game. So if you are heading down there to to the game, you got a hot spot for us. Do I have a hot spot? Where where mm. should we go? What was the place? The varsity? <sighs> I got. Well, I got kicked out of a couple places too. I've I've gotten into some trouble in Columbus on top of never arrested, which is good. But I woke up uh, one morning before it was the 2005 game. I got kicked out of a bar. I was literally thrown out by my belt loop because I was uh, trying to encourage this band to play the Iowa fight song. And I had all of my Iowa buddies around me and, and they were trying to talk into it. Hey, yeah, yeah. And finally the bouncers have seen enough and they literally just picked me up by my belt loop and tossed me out. Well, I woke up the next morning and I was wearing flip-flops. I only had one flip-flop and I don't know what happened in the interim between when I was tossed out and how I got home that night. But yeah, I've had some rough ones. So you got a place to stop, a place you got to go when you're in Columbus. Oh, I mean, uh, no, I don't have anything specific. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a bunch of the lots around the stadium are good. Um, anywhere east of High Street is usually pretty good too. Um, but honestly, like there's so there's so much there to do. Um, you're gonna find a bunch of people there uh, 
who for the most part everyone's there is like usually pretty welcoming right uh as, as long as you're not being being rude and stuff um well, i think you're talking yeah. to be there yeah <laughs> as long as you're as long as you're not being uh you know you know rude or anything like that right yeah. you can basically have a good time any any anywhere out there right especially again if you're, if you're near the stadium so um i don't have any specific hot spots uh but if you guys do have any good spots right you're at uh definitely take some pictures let us know yes. right because uh that, that, that's always a good time when you head out, out there all right we stretch this out long enough we got to pick the actual game what we think here <laughs> i'm at ohio state in fact my favorite bet of the week uh early in the week when the team totals first came out in a couple of sports books iowa the team total over under was 10 and a half for the hawkeyes points i took the under on that one this defense for ohio state they're legit Jim Knowles, who was at Oklahoma State beforehand, that dude knows how to coach defense. I just, I can't envision a scenario short of defensive or special teams touchdowns where Iowa scores. So I got the final here, 38-5. to We get a safety and a field goal, (laughs) 38-5, and I'm going to lay the points with the Buckeyes. Yeah, honestly, I'm going to lay the points with the Buckeyes as well, Um, really for, for a few reasons, right? Obviously, we know our struggles on offense, right? And it's going to be very, very difficult for us to just turn that around over a two-week span, even with even with the bye week, right? It's not going to be be easy, especially against. This is probably you know Ohio State's best defense in a, in a long while, yeah. right? And overall, this is probably Ohio State's probably most talented football team they've had since that national title in 2014, mm-hmm. right? Like they've got football players at every single position. Right. And when you look at matchups all around the board, right, like it's hard to see where Iowa makes up that difference. Right. I mean, even even defensively. Right. You, you look at us as strong as a defense as we are. Right. Our one downside defensively is we haven't been able to create as much pressure, you know, on the quarterbacks as we would have liked, you know, this football season. Right. And when you've got, you know, a potential first round, a potential top five draft pick back there, quarterback, as well as you know, a receiving room that's probably could probably a dang near as talented as some of, you know, these NFL uh, receiving rooms, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not, not the best, best matchup in the world. Right. And you know that I would typically like to play too high, right. To avoid the big plays. Well, then you look at their offensive line and then you look at their two fantastic running backs they have back there. And the problem that we've struggled with again is against really good running backs, right. Really good running backs tend to, create a bunch of explosive plays and run for a lot of football yards against us. So I don't really see that. I don't really see that changing. Right. Um, this week, right. May think probably the only advantage we have is, you know, probably our punt unit right now. So like, yeah, just it, give me Ohio State in the points. I'm hoping, hoping, right. That, um, you know, it turns out differently on Saturday, but again, it's going to be, be a very, very, Well, Sean, we are out of time. We'll be back at it next week. Sean will join me earlier in the week. We'll recap what we see. I'll be back with you tomorrow after the game with an instant reaction podcast, and we will well, find out what we can see. Hopefully we're both wrong. We will see. Talk to you next week, LaShawn. Yep, yep. Go Hawks.